Welcome to the Mosh Pit, your home for unsigned punk, rock, and metal artists, where your music goes to be heard.
Auger, Libra. Welcome to the Mosh Pit. It's your host, Wes Everett. I am here with Marissa. And she has been doing a lot of stuff since, well, a while. Marissa, tell everybody who you are and what you do, because people may not know you, which is a shame. <laughs> uh, hi, my name is Marissa Williams, um, and I am Tiny Banshee. I'm formerly uh, the front person uh, for Bull Moose, RIP. Um, and I am dropping my first debut single on May 13th of 2020. Very cool. How you been? I've been all right. It's been a pretty crazy 2022. Extremely busy, but in a good way, I think. Good, good. So let's talk about, I'm just going to jump right into the new single. Give us a little detail, you know, what's it about? What you, um, how long have you been working on it? Uh, so Dead in the Ditch uh, was the first song I rewrote. Um, pretty much just like, I don't know, I, was, I had, a, had a lick in my head. It was really fun. It was one of those, you know, shower moments. Um, and I, I think I'd come up with something a long time ago that sounded similar to it, but I just kept getting it stuck in my head and it kept looping. And at the time, I was not really sure if I wanted to return to music, but, you know, when you got a bop, you got a bop and you stick with it. Uh, so I downloaded Reaper and I just started recording it, um, got some MIDI drums in there. And then like a day or so later, I had a track. It took a long time and a couple different re-records to get it done because I just kept getting so finicky with all the guitar parts. But, uh, you know, flash forward about a year ago, actually. I had finished up on the vocals, on the bass, on the guitar, uh, and the synth. Um, and I, I've been jokingly calling this project Scooby-Doo Core because um, <laughs> it involves a lot of uh, that fun, like, organ-type synth. It's, it's very reminiscent of that old Scooby-Doo boomerang sort of thing. I know a lot of people grew up watching that in the morning. Um, yeah. So it's nostalgic, and it's fun. Like it's, I set off writing music after I got this track laid down. Um, I wanted to, to make something that was fun to play and fun to listen to. Um, and at this, the song itself is um, obviously kind of morbid, uh, kind of leaning into some macabre here, but in, the, in a fun way. Um, it's basically fuck around and find out, I would say, is the message of the story. Hey, it's a good message. <laughs> Just like a, you're going to be a dick one day. It's going to catch up to you. And I might not be the one doing the catching up, but. It's coming, no. bud. <laughs> yeah, that whole karma's a bitch, and I know her personally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. I'm so happy you're doing music again, because I've always been a fan of your style, your music, and honestly, a lot of love from here on the Mosh Pit, too, because our listeners have always enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it's um, it, it's funny, because looking back, um, after just saying, oh, making music, that's fun to play and fun to listen to. Uh, that's where a lot of this started uh, with my first full, uh, it, was, it was an LP or something. Like that. Well, it was an EP, dropped 2015 mm -hmm. um, with uh, Continue, had lots of bops on that. Uh, and I believe I wrote pretty much all that music when I was like 18 or 20. Not, I was like 18, 19, I think. It was way before I think I'd started college, so... It's weird. It's kind of a throwback. Playing music that is fun to play and fun to listen to. Again, a return to roots sort of deal. Native Sons. Drama.
so putting the song together, putting Dead in the Ditch together, was it, you know, I've got this, I've got this guitar riff and I want to work on that. Or was it, you know, these lyrics, these need to go somewhere. How did you, what, what, what came first? It was the riff. And then, um, I guess I just, it kind of hit me in one of those shower moments, um, sitting there, like washing your hair and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. So it's like, okay, well, that's a melody. What would I put there? It's like, oh, well, you wind up dead in a ditch, you wind up dead in a, that's, that's fun. Okay. Uh, so that riff came first and then those words came. And then I sat down with the guitar afterwards and dried my hair off and everything, getting some PJs, sit down with my strat plug in um, to my amp. And the rest of the song just came so naturally. And it, it, it's weird because it's something that is very uniquely simple. It's, it's dynamic though, which I think is something that a lot of my work in the past has completely lacked. Um, and it, it's a little all over the place, but in, in an organized manner, because the second verse doesn't happen until after the breakdown and the solo. Uh, so a lot of music I've been working on, I've been trying to completely rethink the way that I approach writing. Um, so it just kind of came, it just with all, each and every single one of the tracks, which Hopefully from here on starting with Dead in the Ditch, dropping on the 13th, every other month, I'm going to try to drop one. Uh, but each of them kind of had the same writing process of here's a cool thing. Okay, well, those are some words. And I've always kind of been like a write a course first type of person. Mm -hmm. um, and then just let the music write itself naturally. And then maybe kind of add some things in here or there, mix it up a little bit, keep it new, keep it interesting. Um, being weird on purpose. I think that's the best way to put it. That's awesome. That is awesome. I love it. I love it. So let's talk 2020 pandemic. Everything shuts down. Are you working on new music during that? Are you focusing on your schooling? What you got going on? Uh, 2020 was a soul searching year. I tell you what. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I graduated from college um, in December 2019 before the, the world fell apart. It's the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. And right as I'm about to get this job, and for reference, I'd wanted to um, get into social media marketing and management for the longest time. And music is actually what brought me to it. Um, and it, it's odd because I'm a bit of an introverted person. I definitely was when I started playing music and when I started college in general. Uh, but gradually playing and gigging with my old group, Bull Moose, brought me out of my shell a lot. And I realized, well, I was getting the word out about releases and, and shows and things like that, that I really just enjoyed um, digital communication and social media. It's a really beautiful thing. So found a career path in it. I was really excited. And right as I was about to get something um, late February, early March of 2020, COVID hit and that just slipped through my fingers. So I buckled down and said, you know what? I really want to do this thing. Turns out I accidentally decided to pursue a career that's really important right now. I guess I'll freelance. That was a nightmare. Um, I accidentally started a business. I still don't know how it happened. <laughs> don't you just hate it when that happens? Oh, God damn. What it, don't you just hate it when you accidentally become an entrepreneur? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that occupied a lot of my time and music kind of went on the back burner. Um, I let Bull Moose go around May of 2020. It was just wasn't really healthy. It wasn't what I wanted it to be anymore. Um, and I, I still keep up with my old drummer, Jarrett. We're still really tight. That motherfucker is insanely talented. Um, but we lived in different cities. I'm trying to do my thing. He's trying to do his thing. Uh, really don't really 
make any contact with uh, the individual who should not be named. Put it that way. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's got a um, a guitarist skeleton in the closet. Let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, I uh, I didn't really get to work on music. I was just kind of put my head down and you know to the grindstone, worked a career up for myself, and eventually, as soon as like said, it was, it was end of August 2020, I moved up to the Atlanta area which is what I wanted in the first place because the scene up here is just fucking wild. The people are great. I have lots of friends up here. Um, my uh, husband's family lives up here and I just always had this dream of move to the city, start a band. You know, the, the age-old story, everything that everybody yeah. wants. It's Because uh, Atlanta is like the, the New York or the LA of the South. Yes. That was yes, the dream. Is. Um, I didn't have a band at the time, but it's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll start one. Well, th- then I got sick. <laughs> <laughs> Two two weeks. It was just, no, it was the second week into moving up here. I got sick and I wasn't hospitalized or anything. It was uh, the good old good old Rona, um, OG stuff. Enjoy. And uh, yeah, I just continued having health problems afterwards. It was chronic pain. Kept getting misdiagnosed. Um, health insurance is a bitch. Um, started. It, it took about it took about a year and a half, almost two years to get better. But I, I lost uh, feeling in my hands. And ended up with a lot of vocal fatigue. Um, if I'm singing or talking for too long, it kind of hits me some. Got to stay hydrated more than I normally would. And I guess you could kind of chop that off to age, but 26 isn't that old. <laughs> I was about to say, you're not that old. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was uh, that that made it really hard. Melt. Sweet.
just uh, kind of losing feeling in my hands. Um, and the weird thing is that I actually kind of put the bass down for a bit. I figured, okay, well, maybe guitar is the place to start. I don't know if I can do this anymore, but uh, I'd almost completely forgotten that one, I was, a, I was a actually classically trained guitarist. I don't know how one forgets that. <laughs> Here's the deal. Um, every bassist, I would say 90% of bassists, are just guitarists that get bullied or peer pressured into playing the bass guitar. Oh, wow. So that's where I ended up for about five years and completely forgot, hey, motherfucker, you're pretty damn good at the guitar. Figured that out after picking it up for a little bit and just noodling around. Uh, but anyway, uh, I ended up getting a Strat shortly before I'd gotten sick and was quarantined for two weeks. And I just kind of sat there. And as I'm kind of just gradually figuring out what the hell is going on with my body, um, I was like, okay, well, you know, music has always been there for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So picked it up, started playing it a little bit. Maybe a week or so later, I had that aha shower thoughts moment with uh, Dead in the Ditch, uh, picked it up, started playing it. And it it's rough because my hands get tired sometimes and I still got I can still stretch like I'm, I'm a small person to put it in perspective. I'm fine one. Um, but I was trained how to play ba- like bass and guitar uh, by an old blues mu- musician. So uh, these fingers can stretch for days. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's That's not an issue, not an issue. But the thing is, is I can't, I couldn't really gauge how much strength I was pushing down on the strings, which is why playing guitar while I was getting back into it was a better Mm. idea than bass because bass strings are larger. Right. Uh, So just picked up the strat that I gotten and, um, and the music just started happening gradually over time. I'm a perfectionist. I'd never recorded everything by myself. I taught myself how to record because it's COVID at this point, still 2020. Right. I right. don't exactly have the spare cash because eh, medical bills living in my <laughs> in-laws basement. So I, I, I sat down and I learned how to do all this stuff and it was a pain in the ass, but I learned how, how to do all the MIDI stuff, how to get the program drums, how to program drums, period. Um, so while I'm kind of, I guess, relearning how to play, I'm teaching myself how to record. Um, and it was, um, it's been, it's been a big journey. I think it took longer, not honestly, not so much because of uh, the hand issues, uh, but because I'm a perfectionist and uh, I was kind of just going day by day, shot in the dark, trying to figure out what the hell I was doing. I sat down with no intentions of starting something, but it was so good that I had to do something with it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I'm, absolutely. Well, let me ask you this from a non-player, what's... What's the biggest difference from playing bass to playing guitar? Um, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for that question. (laughs) I am probably going to get some hate for the answer. (laughs) Uh, I I love bass a good bit. Um, And I guess some people would say that maybe bass is easier than guitar. It kind of depends on what you're doing, because I used to front, I used to sing and play bass at the same time, Mm -hmm. um, which can be very difficult if, um, you're kind of like, let's, let's call it an ADD player. Like I am. So I get bored <laughs> I get bored. And while I sing at the same time, I also get extra. So I get extra on both ends. So it's a lot of like, while singing on top of that. So I like the guitar um, or the bass guitar because I can be extra with it and sing at the same time. So I'm sure some people have different opinions. Uh, but the way I see it is the guitar is just a bass with more strings. <laughs> mm, 
Makes sense. Well, and then a couple more extra steps. It's uh, less so of one one finger down at the time, um, and more so of like three or four. Um, so I don't I don't really know. I guess in in my mind, the way that things work is really it's just both are different tools to achieve the same means. If that makes sense, it does. They just occupy different frequency frequency ranges, and um, depending on who you are. Um, may or may not be easier or harder to play and sing at the same time, if you're into that. Yeah, it makes sense. Like I said, I've, I've tried to learn both, and my fingers don't bend that way, so I said, you know what, I'll just stick to my little podcast. <laughs> and, you know, I think, um, and it's not like it's the violin or anything, because the violin, they say, well, you got to start that young, things like that. It's not that kind of string instrument, but I do think starting at a younger age, um, mm. when your brain's developing that sort of thing, oh, yeah. your muscle memory is really coming into its form, um, that you just have a bigger advantage. Uh, cause I started playing when I was around 11 or 12. It's when I started taking guitar and bass lessons from my, um, old timey blues guitar instructor, Mr. Biggers. Mm-hmm. I believe I took lessons for that man for seven years. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was, um, it was great. It was really great. It was kind of awkward at times because I was not much of a talker. I was extremely shy. Uh, but that man taught me everything I know. And uh, what's actually funny going back to the hand issues I'm having. So my husband and I've been talking about it. I'm having this issue where, um, sometimes my hands just get really tired from all of the muted power chords I'm doing, which I don't have to do, but I like the way it sounds, which is what the entirety of this song is, by the way, is muted power chord, like that muted power chord. Nice. Um, and, um, it's just like, you need, you need to be just your hand, your thumb a little bit differently on the neck to get more leverage maybe. And I was just like, but that's not the way I was taught. And he was like, well, sometimes the right way isn't the right way for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I get that a lot. Um, well, let's talk about the, uh, your influences, you know, who, who did you pull from as far as, you know, style sound, who really, you know, influenced you to play? Um, here is, this is a fun answer because um, I'm about to throw out two, I would say, meme-related artists. Um, so I'm sure that you, you might be familiar with it, and I'm sure people listening probably are familiar with it. Uh, Buttercup by Jack Stober. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the... It was a meme song. So I heard that and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I went and I found this guy and I was like, this is this is some really weird shit. But oh my God, is it fun? Um, and that was around the time where I was just like, I had this guitar and I was trying to play it. And I was trying to like really find some semblance of control in my life uh, because music used to had like had been such a big part of it for so long. Mm-hmm. And having these hand issues, it was just like so discouraging to even imagine coming back to it then all of a sudden i'm listening to this this meme song (laughs) and it's it reminds me how much i love the stupid simple catchy stuff um and i I gotta give it to the spotify algorithm because after i started listening to jack stober lemon demon came up and if you're not familiar with lemon demon uh that's the guy behind harry potter puppet pals and um ultimate showdown if you recall that from the early 2000s youtube days okay yeah yeah he, he yeah. um has this really great album it's a concept album called spirit phone i'm actually looking at the album poster right now and it's got these weird like like uh cryptid influences musically it's very 80s sounding 
uh, which I got a lot of a lot of the sounds and a lot of the I guess the approach for Tiny Banshee stuff from his specific guitar tone that he uses. It's not identical. That's not to, to what I'm using, but it's just so fun. And the harmonies and the guitar solos are like this classic 80s vibe. And it's this weird, weird guy taking here. This is the best example. There's this song off of this album um, called Reaganomics. It is Reagan, Ronald Reagan. If you take that, the whole calm set of Reaganomics and you turn it into a love song from oh, the wow. 80s. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard that and I was just like, this is fun. This is fun. This is crazy. This is not highbrow sort of metaphors or anything like that. This is this guy said, you know what? Here's a cool riff. What if I decided to turn um, this this economic thing that this president did that depending on who you are, probably pissed you off or impacted your life in the 80s and later <laughs> on. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people could make some arguments about the impact of economics. But that aside, what if it was a love song? <laughs> like, Who does that? That kind of reminds me of, do you remember, I, I guess it's been maybe 10 years, give or take, but they were doing the songify the news. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. they would, you know, they'd take headlines or news stories and songify them. That's what it, it honestly feels a lot like that, um, the way the production sounds in the album. I think the majority uh, of the of the instrumentation is either just guitar or it is MIDI or programmed. But either way, it's just I, I heard it after listening to this other meme artist of Jack Stober, who's also insanely talented. Both of these people are insanely talented. Um, but I listened to both of the albums and everything they had out obsessively. And unexpectedly for like two to three months back to back. And in a strange way, I just found myself back into music. I, I've refound this joy and passion that I'd had years ago when I first started playing with Bold News in 
Celsius Making my way to the edge of a cliff A breaking point is far too near You've got everything to fear Pit is still looking for unsigned and indie artists to submit music to be featured on the podcast. You can submit your music at the Mosh Pit at stereosoundrecords.com. All submissions are welcome. You can also submit topic ideas if you want us to talk about a particular subject. That is, that's really awesome. I mean, I love that you've got those influences. You pull from them, you know, everything. Yeah, and it's and I'm gonna say like they're their only influences I have because I, I right. have a lot of older influences that I honestly don't listen to a lot anymore, but they still kind of made me who I am now creatively. Uh, yeah. I will always love Soundgarden and Chris Cornell, uh, R.I.P. Rest in peace. That man taught mm-hmm. me how to sing in high school, driving back and forth from school into my house. I just blasted um, like Beth Motorfinger and like most of their early music, singing to it in the car. Uh, I have like a nearly a three octave vocal range because of Chris Cornell. Dude, um, that's awesome. Yeah. The man taught me how to sing. And that music is always going to be heavily, I think, imprinted on my musical subconscious. Uh, and the same for, uh, I would say, like Mastodon and uh, Queens of Stone Age. So that oh. stoner metal sort of grunge yeah. cast that I have. Uh, and then, of course, I got the punk stuff. I always love a good surf, surf punk. Um, punk in general, enjoy some fiddler. Let me some Fratelli's stuff like that. Um, Mother Mother, I recently got into that. Was actually speaking of meme songs, um, not that it was a meme, but it was a TikTok trend mm-hmm. of the, the haystack. I heard haystack actually slightly before it became viral on TikTok for one reason or another. Um, but yeah, that's another kind of area of music where during listening to Lemon Demon and Jack Stober, um, surprisingly again thanks to the spotify algorithm some of these artists kind of came back into my life or were introduced and it, it was it was great it's really well timed it, it kind of just tied into these four songs that i got um and dead in the ditch i think especially just fun shit i love it i love it let's talk about um the music is you released with bull moose are you gonna go back are you gonna re-release recut redo those yeah so i'm i've already reworked one of the songs from uh our first full album that we put out uh peace love and apathy i love this song that i wrote um actually about my home scene of augusta georgia Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I wrote it after I had a friend who, geez, I have not checked on this man in a while, but he had just had it with the, the city, um, for a while. And some people may not know this unless you're from the area, you probably don't for a hot minute there in the Augusta 
Evans, which is more so where I grew up area, there was mm. a pretty big drug problem in the community. Um, mm. Mostly like heroin related. I had, I believe one or two classmates pass um, post-graduation in 2015. Um, and it was really heartbreaking, but this, this person in journal was talking about, um, he had had a band for a bit. I played with him once or twice. Uh, and he just had enough of it. He had enough of the city. Uh, the scene wasn't really, I don't want to say enough to support his passion. Not that he was an extremely passionate person about music in general, but he just wanted to have fun. It's kind of hard to do that when at the time the city of Augusta is not exactly a city on a hill type situation. Um, and you just had to grind to make music in the scene. So he just said, you know what, I'm going to go to Colorado. He hitchhiked because he, he just he got his guitar and he hitchhiked his way up to Colorado. And I think he works as a park ranger now. <laughs> oh, wow. That's... But yeah, I heard that story and I was inspired by that. And I had this cool riff because that's how it always starts. And I wrote a song called Spaghetti Southwestern. It is really good. Um, it's very strange. I can't really quite describe it, but I always had the way I wanted it to sound in my head. And I didn't have the time or the skill or really the understanding when we recorded it in 2017 to make it what I think it deserves to be. So I actually, I, and it all comes back to these damn shower moments, shower thought moments. <laughs> A couple months back, I was just sitting there and, and, and I'd never thought I'd return to this music. But I was just standing there on like a Thursday night or something, washing my hair. And I thought about that song Um, and it all just kind of came back to me. And I was like, what if, hold on, I have, I have the skills to make this what I wanted it to be, what it deserves to be. Because the message is really good. It's just, this place isn't a healthy place. It tells the story of three different types of people that I've known of growing up in that area. who either left, um, kind of got trapped by it or were taken by it is the best way to put it. No, I'm not saying that's how Augusta is now. That's just how I felt like it was at the time. That's how it was from my perspective. Right. Um, but the story, um, I think was really compelling. The tune was just really great. Uh, the chorus is catchy. It's just ride on cowboy, ride on that wave, ride your ass on right out of here. So it's a, it's a, um, like a parody of a Western accidentally did something that was very artistic and i did that with a lot of my music uh so once i i I came up with that idea i laid down some bass tracks i fucked around with it on reaper um and then i kind of metaphorically turned back around and looked at all this music i'd made over a five-year period and said you deserve better Hmm. so that's the next step after i dropped this this ep is i i already chatted with my old guitar my old drummer uh jarrett and um, I got to lay some stuff out for him and kind of get these releases out of the way this year. But we're re-returning to a lot of the old Blue Moose songs and a lot of the original ones, too. So uh, Angst and Bubblegum, that one's a bop. I wrote I clearly wrote that in high school. <laughs> <laughs> we love that one. We love playing that one. Yeah, it's uh, I'm not crazy. <laughs> swear to God. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was just one of those songs that it was so good. Just. I mean, all your music was, but that one was always one of our go-tos. Yeah, and it's it's a really it's a really good one. I mean, the fact that uh, it's the beginning and the opening is not in a common time signature. Right. Uh, I, I realized um, that I, I kind of stole some of that for Nirvana in Bloom. <laughs> if you think about mm-hmm. the opening to In Bloom, that's exactly what that is. I did not realize I did that. <laughs> hey, that's what influences do. Oh yeah, you wear them on on your sleeve, even if you uh, are wearing a t-shirt. 
metaphorically speaking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm re-returning to get some of those old ones. So Angst and Bubblegum, uh, Calling Bowls, always been a big favorite of mine. Once I re-record that, I think it'll be for like the fourth or fifth time. Uh, yes. Playing with Matches is a good one. So just going back and looking at these awesome songs that I wrote when I was younger and didn't quite know what the hell I was doing. Didn't quite have the vision or the direction or means of executing an, like the creative image. And, and doing that now, almost not 10 years later, but pushing 10 years later at this point. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and and, that, and it's weird to say that out loud. I have not said that out loud. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. It applies. It does. Let's talk about what your three goals are for the next 12 months, a year from now. Yeah. Well, um, I think a, a year from now, I'd like to probably be here again, you know, kind of report back. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to. <laughs> um, I I really want to play live again. Um, I'm giving myself October. Uh, I have a very good bit of musicians around me and, and people who are very dear friends in the greater Atlanta area who um, did not let me give up, made sure I made this. Um, and that obviously includes my husband, uh, who's been a really big supporter, but I, I have a lot of uh, friends in the area who, you know, I showed them this song. I showed them Dead in the Ditch. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, you did this? And I was like, yeah, I did it all by myself. And I said, this is, this is right. This is, this is worth it. You, you, you can't, you can't just walk away from this. Um, and I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with like Sarah Rose and Sarah and the Safe Word, Keenan and oh, yeah. Maddox, Lo- Beth and all of them. Yeah, they've them. been, they've been very supportive with this. And then um, one of my closest friends, uh, Preston Pound of Ghost Moths, uh, he actually married us, me and my husband. That's awesome. He, yeah. So I'm kind of, I've kind of gotten a lot of support from these musicians that have been very good friends that have been very close with um, and that are helping me figure out a way to play live again, um, which is, it's a source of a lot of anxiety because I just don't, I just don't have the hands that I used to. It's like, the, it's weird because the strength is there, but I can't, tell it's like instead of going from like a I can imagine like a one to five on like how hard you can squeeze your fingers mm-hmm. i can i got like two or three modes it's either really light or really hard <laughs> so you know i gotta go the the extra mile here to figure out okay well what type of guitar strings should i go with okay maybe light like a light gauge flat wound cool what kind of guitar neck should i have maybe a modern c or a normal c do i even want to see it's <laughs> It's a lot of like terminology that I did not pay attention to. And I even got the one friend was just like, Hey, what if you wore gloves? And I was like, that, it sounds lame, but if I got to tiny Banshee dead in a ditch.
but I thought it's like, I, I gotta, I gotta meet myself in the middle. It's not like something I can overcome. You know, it doesn't matter how much you practice. If your nerve endings aren't going to cooperate, you're kind of fucked either way. Right. But uh, I mean, I gotten this far, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to give up at this point, you know, so I can still sing. I can still play. Maybe I'll play the keyboard. I, I, I don't know, something like that, but I, I'm excited. And it looks like October might be it. I might after over two years at that point, play live again. Well, definitely keep us posted because I definitely want to catch a live show. I'm not really that far from you. You're in Augusta. I'm in the other side of the state. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's so I'm up in Atlanta now, but I already oh, figured it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm up in Atlanta. Makes sense. And why are I, we doing uh, this virtual? You should be up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um ideally say October happens, and I you know I can play, and all this works out. I'm I'm gonna play up here. I'm gonna go home. Gonna play to my home scene. I'm gonna go to south carolina charlotte uh charleston columbia all of these places and see all of these old friends that i have so i mean you 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 and i go kind of way back um and i got a lot of a lot of other a lot of other um, musician friends and just friends in general that i haven't seen in years because shows were the really the only way that i could make those connections and build Mm -hmm. those relationships um i I think some of the best moments of my life and growing, yeah, I'm young, but like still a huge highlight. It's just getting pretty damn drunk after a set <laughs> and, and making friends with strangers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Honest well. to God, good strangers that lo- that love music and just want to talk about things. I, I love people. I-, I I love getting to know people, um, whether it's related to music or not, because mm-hmm. that's there's such an interpersonal thing for me. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, everybody wants to, um, everyone wants to be a, like a rock star, you know, like everyone wants to make it big. Um, but I just, I'm really interested in the journey, you know, and the people along the way, that's more important to me. Oh yeah. Some of my best friends I've met at concerts and most of them are in bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, tiny Banshee, thank you so much for hanging out with the mosh pit. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And I, I definitely want to have you back on. And definitely won't touch base, you know, six months, eight months from now. See where you're at, see what you're doing. Hell yeah. And um, tell our fans and your fans where they can find you on all socials. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, all of that at uh, tiny underscore Banshee. Uh, and on all the streaming platforms, major streaming platforms, including Bandcamp. So, yeah, just tiny underscore Banshee. You'll find me if I'm somewhere. I'll be there. Awesome. Well, we will get this one cut, edited, and uh, add some really kick-ass music to it. Hell yeah, man. Looking forward to talking to you again. I'll tag you when this drops. And again, thank you so much, because I've definitely been looking forward to this. Oh, thank you. It's, um, it's, it's nice to be back. Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You too, man. All right. Bye. Bye.